yeah. God bless you guys. That's awesome. Use that song many times this week. You may be seated unless you're part of the youth group, which Miss Jennifer is going to take you downstairs for your class. Uh, and I want you to know that this coming Wednesday, there's no youth group because it's uh, the night before Thanksgiving. We're not going to have anything happening. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for your work. Thank you, Miss Jennifer, for all you do down there with the youth and all you guys that do that stuff. We love you. Thank you for being here in house. Those of you that are joining us online, uh, we had pretty smooth transition in the first service. So hey. That's a beautiful thing. Not normal, right? So I know you're looking at me and wondering what's going on. Just relax. Everything's cool, you know? <laughs> I want to know, uh, did you spend at least five minutes a day, five days last week reading and listening to God's word? Yeah. Oh, man. Did you spend some time alone with God this week with no agenda? Just listening to him be with him. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that he loves you? Yeah. It's crazy that he loves me overwhelming and that he wants to spend time with me. We're talking about the God who spoke the world into existence, that formed us in his likeness and image and just breathed and we became a living soul. That God, that did all, the God of all of this, he wants to be with me. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you? Yes. Are you giving as God has asked you to give in your time, your talents, and your resources? Yes. Share Jesus with someone this week? Yes. Invite someone to church with you today? Awesome. Good job. Love you. Great to be with you. So I'm going to tell you a little story before I speak the message. And as we go along, you'll understand why I'm wearing this. But here's a little thing about me and how dumb I am sometimes and what happens. So uh, a few years back, someone in the church, I don't even remember who it was. So please forgive me that I don't remember if it was you. But they gave me a gift for my birthday. And I took it home. And I was sitting alone with my wife in the afternoon. I said, oh, yeah, I got a gift for my birthday. And I opened it up. And it was a, like a t-shirt type Lions jersey because people know I'm from the Detroit area and that I was a Lions fan growing up. And so I got this shirt and it was number nine, Matthew Stafford, who used to be the quarterback of the Lions. He's now in the Rams. Uh, so anyway, I got, this is not the shirt, by the way. This, I had to borrow this today and there's a story behind that. So let's finish this up. So I opened this box and it's just me and my wife. And I was like, oh man. I wish this was just a Lions jersey because I'm never going to wear someone else's name on my back. Like, I mean, I'm just not. It's not going to happen. I don't want to do that. And so I hung that shirt in my closet. It's probably still there if I'd have looked. I don't even know. Um, and so I never wear them, you know. So this is like a couple days before my birthday. And so this amazing moment happens where it's my birthday and, and my wife walks out and she goes, here, I got you something. I know you don't care and you're not going to want this. She had special ordered me a classic Barry Sanders jersey, number 20 with his name on the back. And she, yes, as soon as I opened, I was like, I was like, I literally said this. I said, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm in trouble now, man. There is no way of getting around this. My wife thought she was doing this amazing thing for me because, you know, Barry Sanders is the greatest running back in the history of the NFL, no matter what. If, uh, if he'd have played for another team, nobody would ever heard of that guy that played for the Cowboys. He would not be in the Hall of Fame today because Barry Sanders would have broke every record available. He did it with the Lions. Come on. You already know that's pretty amazing right there. And so she thought, 
Y'all need to react to that because he's there. Anyway, all right. So she was thinking, like, I'm doing this amazing thing for him. He's going to be so excited. And I had stuck my foot in my mouth a couple days before. And all of her enthusiasm about this amazing gift went right in the basement. And I ruined everything. I did. And uh, so my son has that jersey today. And Serena, and he wears it proudly. All right. So coming into today, I'm like, well, I need something. So I had to text my friends and fellow Lions fans and said, hey, can you bring me a shirt to wear? Because I need one today. I got to wear this. It's not because they're doing good this year. You'll understand this afterwards, okay? So I want you to know some things before I start my message about this and what I'm wearing. So as a Lions fan, I want you to know that I grew up this, as a Lions fan. You, uh, you know, I was in that area. We just, it's the way it is. You like the Lions, just, even if they suck. Uh, so, you know, like we own the record of the most like failed, failed franchise in NFL history. I don't know if you know this about us, but see, we've lost more games in a decade than any NFL team in history. We own that record proudly. We were the first team to go 0-16 when they changed the season to a 16-game season. The Browns matched that a few years ago because, you know, Cleveland's in the toilet as well. But uh, they were just trying to mimic us. But we own the records. We are the only original franchise that has never been to a Super Bowl. Not just lost one. I'm saying we've never been there. Now, I know you Buffalo fans are like, yeah, but we lost four in a row, and that's pretty bad. But we haven't even had the opportunity to, to screw up in a Super Bowl. We can't even get there. In my entire lifetime, they've won one playoff game. I'm 61 years old. One playoff game. I'm not joking. You can Google it. Don't do it now. You don't have to. Believe me, I am a walking encyclopedia of the Lions' failures. And all, I mean, like after the first service, everybody's like, oh, they're doing great this year. I'd like, just wait. (laughs) Speaking from a man of experience, I'm telling you, just wait. Wait it out. All right? We know. They find a way to screw it up. I am fully confident in their ability to fail. I've grown up in it. I know. All right? So, you know, everybody can be delusional if they want to, wearing their cowboy stuff. But Lions fans are reality. You know, we we know reality. Anyway, that was a dig on the cowboys. You're welcome. All right. So there's a reason why we're doing this. So let's put that all aside. I just want you to understand something before we begin. Just before Jesus is arrested to give his life for us, in John chapter 17... We are given uh, a writing from John, the apostle, as he's recording a prayer of Jesus. He didn't pray for the lions, all right, but just hear me all the way through. All right, so as we look at this, though, and we see this prayer, uh, Jesus specifically prayed for me and you. If you've ever read the prayer, you know that we are prayed for by our Savior while he was about to give his life for us. It's amazing. It's beautiful. But you know, when you look at the context of where this was taking place, and it's just before he would be arrested to give his life for us, it was the purpose of his coming to offer you and I life. And when you look at the context of that, and you listen to that prayer, I think it's important that you and I would would know what Jesus prayed for us. And so when we look into that chapter, I'm going to just take a small section of the prayer. You can read that whole prayer on your own later. I'm not trying to just pull out something. I want us to see something that God wants to say to us today about how Jesus prayed and what the content was and what that means to you and I in our lives. Here's Jesus praying. 
And he's telling, t- talking to the Father in this prayer, now I am coming to you. I told them, he's talking about his disciples, his followers, many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. Isn't that awesome? So Jesus is saying to this prayer, in this prayer, he's like, I've revealed truth, which we're going to see in a moment, to these people that are following me, and in that, they have received my joy. Because they know who I am and what I'm saying, there's joy down inside of them. Let's keep going. I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Oh, thank you, God. Thank God for his protective care. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Let that sink in. That's why I'm pausing. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, just as you are in me, Father, I am in you, and they may be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. Wow, that's an amazing prayer right there. Several things in this little section of this prayer of Jesus that we're going to look at real fast, and then we're going to get to the point. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we should be filled with his joy. And if we are filled with his joy, I wonder why so many Christians are sad, down, discouraged, and depressed. And I'm not talking about clinical depression. I'm talking about just our countenance. Why is it that we don't have the joy of the Lord? We were just singing about it, bouncing around and excited. And then sometimes we go through life, and by Wednesday, we forgot that we had the joy of the Lord. We've been given the Word of God. We have been given the Word of God. Jesus tells us that in verse 14. And the Word of God is truth. He says this right here in the Word, right? We just listened to it in verse 14 as well. We've been given the Word of God. The Word of God is truth. And as we learn this truth, we're taught it by God. How does that happen? We already know by studying the Word that the Holy Spirit reveals all truth to us. He's training us and teaching us the Word of God. We know the world thinks the Word of God is foolishness. Guess what? The Bible tells us this. But it is the power of God to salvation to those of us who believe. So the world looks at this and they hear the message, Jesus Christ, God became flesh, gave his life on a cross 2,000 years ago, and by his blood you're saved. Okay, intellectually that doesn't make sense to anybody. It doesn't, right? I mean, you can't like logically say, here it is. Now, I can explain it to you. Life is in the blood. Yeah, it's this. It's a sacrifice God said. But, you know, seriously, logically to process that, it doesn't come to that conclusion. Now you're saved. You're not going to go to hell. You're going to go to heaven. See, because it requires faith. But once faith is engaged in what God says, all of a sudden it's a truth. 
And that truth is known in us because the Holy Spirit reveals that to us. And it's like, wow, God, you're amazing. And we're excited about it, jumping around a platform singing because we know it's true. So the world looks at us and says, you guys are nuts. None of that makes sense to us. But what do you have? Because you have joy and I don't. Oh, I wish they'd see that in us. So listen to what it says here in that 17th verse. The word of God is truth, and as we learn this truth, God reveals that to us. He teaches us that truth, and we are what? Made holy. That's God's word. It says that. You and I, we are made holy by the word of God, by knowing the truth of what God's word says. And as holy people, he tells us in verse 18, we don't belong to this world anymore. We are not part of this. Church, so many Christians are still trying to be part of the world while they have a relationship with God. And he tells us flat out, Jesus says, my followers are not part of this world any longer. That's what he said. I mean, if you want to debate it, go ahead. Talk to Jesus about it. Now he tells us in that same verse that we are sent to reveal this truth to the world that they might find him. So what's going on here? He's like, your life's being transformed by the word of God. You are becoming a holy people as God teaches you what that means. And people around you are seeing joy in your heart and your life. And they're wanting to know what you're all about. That's what he said. He's praying for this to happen in us. Man, it's so cool when you look at God's word. They See, the way they're made holy is through the holy sacrifice of Jesus himself. So you're not making yourself holy, you can't. I mean, not, we already know this. But see, in that prayer, it's like it's only through the sacrifice of Jesus, which is our salvation, that we are made holy. Because he is holy, and therefore now, through Christ, I am made holy. You can own that, you know. Because God's the one that said it. And that's what matters. Verse number 20. We already know this, and it's a beautiful thing, that Jesus wasn't just praying for the Peter, John, James, and all those guys that were right there following him. He was praying this for you and I as we hear the message, as the message throughout generations comes to you and I. He was praying for me to know this truth for all who ever believe in me through their message. Man, I'm so grateful. That should awe. That should just strike you with awe that he was praying for you. I, I own that. I want you to know, I believe with all my heart that Jesus was praying for Dave. He was praying for Dave. <laughs> yeah, that should bless you. <laughs> See, once we engage in the holy transition, and that's what it is, a holy transition from lost to saved, and we begin to understand that word of truth that is revealed through Christ, for he is the word made flesh, living among us, giving his life for us. See, once that truth is engaged and we begin to understand it, it's that truth that makes us holy. And as I step into that full holiness of who he is, we are now capable to begin to understand the oneness of Jesus and the Father and us. Because, you see, you can't understand that outside of that. Do you know what causes that bond of oneness? Love. And God is love. 
And therefore, we as human beings are incapable of oneness without God. That's why marriages and relationships don't work if he's not the center of it because we're not one. <sighs> All right. Verse 21. I pray that you will all be one just as you and I are one and as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. So Jesus says that oneness, that unity, that very love that is caused by this relationship will reveal to the world that Jesus Christ is indeed the Savior of the world. So... No wonder the enemy targets unity. No wonder he wants us divided. Because Jesus said, the world will know that he is the Savior of the world by our oneness. Now I see and I look around me, and you probably could do this on your way to church as well, that, you know, that oneness, <laughs> oh my goodness, Lord help us. How come on your way to church today, you saw so many different churches with so many different names on them? See, the problem is, is we've lost the oneness because we've lost sight of Christ as the primary purpose of our existence. And what happens is churches begin to promote their, their identity rather than their identity. And when we begin to promote our identity rather than his identity, that causes a division that happens within the followers of him because it's like, I don't like you and I don't agree with you and therefore I'm going over here where I like them. What does that have to do with anything? It's about Jesus. And if it's about Jesus, it's not about me or you. Right? But we have these labels and names and we've been dividing since the beginning. And the very prayer of Christ is that we might be one so that the world would see us. Now, I'm not saying we should engage every church. If they're not preaching Jesus, they're not a church in the first place. But if they're preaching Jesus, then we ought to be one. That's it. But see, we can't get past the fact that it's not about what I think. Man, I, I went through the educational system. I'm talking about the churches. I went through public school. Well, you probably already knew that. Uh, anyway, I... <laughs> I went through the public educational system, and then I went into Christian education as, a, as seeking that stuff. Anyway, this I can tell you. I have been through every level of education. Doctor. And yes, I have my doctorate. That's not, a, that, that's not a brag. I'm telling you, I want you to hear this. It's important, man. See, because as I was going through that system, God was teaching me things and saying, you see how jacked up this is? You look at what's going on around you. Do you see this? Not, not that I'm a special case, church. Hear me all the way through on this. See, what I knew is this. I started studying theology, which is the study of God, right? To know God. The revelation of Jesus Christ revealing himself, God revealing himself to you and I. Yep. And what theology turned into is this is what they believe, and this is what we believe, and this is why they're wrong, I heard more about what was wrong with them than what was right with what we think. I did. I'm being honest with you. It was like an indoctrination to get us to believe the same thing so that we 
could be the holy church of God, and they're not. Look, when you go into the Word of God and you understand this, that it's about Jesus Christ and salvation through Him alone, and we have that commonality, why can't we just drop the other stuff? No. It's like, no, 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 wait a minute, i got to hold on to this, because I think it. I don't care. God doesn't care what me and you think. He's God, and He is God alone. And He's made this to us. He's telling us, it's like, we need a unity. It's got to be Jesus Christ, and if it's not Jesus Christ, you guys are in trouble. We're in trouble. You know what I mean? Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. So it's like, see, this, this unity is what's going to cause the world to look and say, like, what's going on? You know, the church today, the world looks at us and says, what is going on? <laughs> it's a big difference. So, the enemy's a divider. Jesus said so. And a house divided cannot stand. He said that. Nation, house, family, nothing will stand. And that's why the enemy's always trying to divide marriages. He's trying to divide children from parents. He's trying to divide believers and non-believers. He's trying to divide us by the color of our skin. He's trying to divide us by a social bank account, for Pete's sakes. He's trying to divide us by a, a political party that we affiliate ourselves with. It's just insane. And the church just jumps on board. And here's Jesus. Let them be one like we are one. Lord, make them holy by your truth. Your word is truth. So what in the world does unity of believers look like? Here's my jersey. Here's the reason I'm wearing it. It's hard to find Christians that are united. So I wanted to give us something to look at that would maybe help us understand what unity is. So most of you know that Kim and I I grew up in the city of Inkster, which is a, a suburb. It's not a suburb. It's a connection to Detroit. Uh, when you just drive from Detroit, it's kind of like Phoenix. You know how you drive from one city to another, but you don't know unless you saw the sign. Uh, that's the way Inkster is with Detroit and all that. We're right there by Detroit Metro Airport and all that. So it's predominantly African-American community. And um, so I want you to know that as we were in that environment, we grew up as Lions fans. So, I tried to become a Cardinals fan when I got here. I really did. I was like, well, maybe I, and I was like, Lord, you sent me to Arizona. The Cardinals are like the Lions with a different uniform. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, anyway, we'll leave that alone. All right. So, <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So, but, you know, and the truth is, is that I, I really, like, I didn't feel any passion for them. I didn't. So, let's move on. So let's talk about the lions. So I have a, a picture to show you. Uh, remember what I was talking about, how they have all the records of losing? So part of the uniform is usually a bag. See, they're wearing it. They're, they're wearing He's actually wearing the same jersey, just the home jersey as I am. But see, like, this is kind of like, you can start the season with this usually, right? <laughs> and so it's like part of the uniform. Here's something I want you to see. They're at the game, wearing the colors, even though they already know the end result. Right? 
Game's not over yet. They go with great expectation. They do. They already know. It's a hopeless cause. But they're paying money. They're going out. They're wearing the jersey. And they're going out and letting everybody know it. We suck. Yeah. And here we are. Right? I mean, seriously, that's crazy. But it's happened for decades. To the point where they were able to build a brand new stadium and fill that one too. So, I already told you, one playoff game in my lifetime, I can tell you right now, that after they won that one playoff game, they were in the NFC Championship game, and they had to win that game to go to the Super Bowl, and the kicker missed a 35-yard, you can look it up, a 35-yard field goal went wide, and they didn't make the Super Bowl. They suck. We suck, because I'm part of that. But as I look at that, I'm like, you know, they still showed up, no matter what the record was. No matter who they were playing. No matter what the weather was. Prior to building the Silverdome in Pontiac, where it had a covered stadium, they played downtown Detroit in, in the Tiger Stadium, and it was open. And if you know anything about Michigan in the winter... You don't want to be in the open. But there they were, kind of like you Packers fans, sitting out there in the weather, out in the elements, cheering for your team. Well, here we go. So the rallying cry is and was, we are Lions fans. We know we suck. Wait till next year, since 1957. (laughs) All right. So, at the same time, those guys are at the game, so are these guys. Right? I mean, you look at these guys, and it's not just the three of them in the stadium. I want you to know, these guys were just in front of this camera. There's a ton of them. They want everyone to know they're Lions fans. All right? Now, you know this. If you like any kind of sports, these kinds of people are at the games, right? But... Here's the thing. What I want you to see in this is, see, they want people to know to the extreme. (laughs) They're Lions fans, right? And so if you know anything about this, like this stuff just doesn't happen. These these are adult people. (laughs) And they are going in front of a mirror and painting themselves up to go out in public to go to a game they know they're going to (laughs) lose. That's commitment. So they show up no matter what. They want everybody to know who they are and who they represent no matter what. And let's go to the next picture. Uh, Is this one me or are you guys controlling this? Can you tell me? There it is. It's you guys. All right. So these are the last two pictures. Don't worry. I'm not inundating you. I'm not trying to indoctrinate you to be Lions fans. Good Lord, no. (laughs) I'm trying to help you. All right. so, So here's what I want you to see. Obviously, the top picture right there if you're looking at that screen it's still the top one over there people are packed together coming into Ford's Field which is the new stadium that they built well several years ago now but I'm saying like they had you know multi tons of millions of dollars to build a stadium for an epically failed franchise (laughs) and the people are packing themselves in there 
Now, if you look at that other picture that's there, uh, before I do, like you see that, there's a banner over the entrance that says, Defend the Den. You know, it's like, hey, this is, all, this is our place, and we're going to defend it. Like, the guys on the field aren't, so hopefully they are, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> that, other, that other picture you see, now you look in that other picture of the crowd, I want you to notice a few things. It's pretty obvious that there's Lions fans there. There's also some obvious people that aren't. So we want them attending all the time, both here with us, right? Now, let's kind of put some things into this perspective here. The people that are sitting there are uncomfortably close to people they don't know. Um, while they're there, they paid a lot of money for that seat. It's ridiculous the amount of money it costs to go watch someone that you know is going to lose. <laughs> Even if you think they're going to win. I mean, it's crazy that people will pay the money to go there and do this. Yeah. Sit next to, like, if right now, I mean, I mean I'm not going to do this, so you just relax. But I'm saying if I told everybody here, you can't sit next to the person you're next to, go find some stranger and sit right next to them in that seat. There would be a lot of uncomfortableness in the church. Not only would we be uncomfortable, we might not even show up next week. I think I should watch online. <coughs> I don't feel good. <laughs> okay? So, here's the thing. You know, as they are there, man, it's crazy that what everybody in that stand sees is this color not the color of their skin. There's no racism there. You know what else? Nobody knows what kind of car each other drives or what community they live in. The only thing those people see is, we're one. We're Lions fans. And in the midst of everything that's going on, I've watched it happen. I'll see people hugging each other, big guys hugging each other over a stupid football game, and they don't even know that guy. They'll be high-fiving. They'll be buying each other beer. They're like yelling and screaming together. They're chanting. They're jumping. They're doing the wave. And nobody thinks anything of it. It's like, this is normal. <laughs> I mean, there's some people that might come into our church after today and be like, this is not normal. I understand that. It's okay. I'm just trying to get us a picture of something here. See, these people are willing to be seen as one no matter what it may look like to anyone else. Crazy. They come together for one united purpose. Lion's pride. Proud of a loser. <laughs> Very proud of a loser. Stickers on cars. I see them around town. They'll put a Lions sticker. They don't, they're not like Chiefs fans that we didn't even know existed until they won a Super Bowl, and all of a sudden, oh, you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little dig there, just in case you were wondering, all right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, you know, people come out of the woodwork when everything's good. 
We haven't been there yet. We're the only original franchise that's never been to the Super Bowl. Did I already mention that? <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. We're looking at this, and, you know, we're looking and saying, like, that is pretty weird. You know, it is. But see, when you wear the colors, you're part of the pride. You're part of the team. You're part of the den. So we celebrate together. We hurt together. We're one. So if you talk to any true Lions fan, there's some delusional ones, but most of them understand. The season's not over yet. I don't care what the record shows. I don't care what's happening right now. You wait till it's over. All right? That's all I'm saying. All right. So as we move along, when you saw those like crazy looking dudes, you know, the ones? Painted, like, you know, Honolulu blue and silver, in case you didn't know what that color it is, that's what it is. Uh, wearing all that stuff. And, and when, when people are going by those people, they don't avoid them. Uh-uh. They come over and get a picture with them. They're like, yeah, we're Lions fans. If somebody dressed up like that and came to church today, nobody would be sitting by them. <laughs> and you may take some pictures and you may be like this, like, check this out. <laughs> Sending it out to Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Like, this was at church today. You know what I mean? Seriously. But here they are, like Lions fans, and they want to get their picture with the nut. And the church, we're like, uh, I mean, we don't even want to shake that person's hand because they look a little different than me. They don't wear the same kind of clothes or whatever they're going on over there, and so we just kind of avoid that group. That's the church. I mean, like, wait, wait a minute. Why in the world have we got... Oh, because we're fighting an enemy. Yeah, we are. Did we not realize that in the beginning? Did we not realize that there is like an effort to being one? To look past what you think you see and look into the heart of someone like God does? That he loves those people that are different than you? The weird ones? The ones that attempt to be normal? And the ones that aren't even trying? He loves them. Huh. We cheer together. We boo together. We yell at people. I mean, we were at the Packers-Lions game. By the way, the Lions won that game, just saying, <laughs> many years ago on a Thursday night. There were five fights in our section alone, fist fights I'm talking about, right? They're passionate, just saying. And I'll never forget this guy. I saw this guy like he was just down the road from us. And he, the stairs, the chairs were there. He was literally standing on the back of this chair and the chair in the front of him yelling at the ref with all his might. Like he was screaming obscenities and everything at the ref that was out there on the field. And we were way up in the corner of the end zone. And I looked at that guy and I'm like, dude, he doesn't even know exist. you exist on the planet. That didn't stop him. He wanted that guy to know if there's any possibility that that guy might hear him, he wanted him to know how he felt about him. And I'm like, man, that is crazy because in the church, we're like, praise Jesus. Yeah, 
I love him. That guy's willing to like stand on the back of chairs because he didn't like what just happened and let that guy know. It's crazy. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not endorsing that. Please don't do that. I mean, <laughs> especially if you're going to yell obscenities at me, but just like saying, all right, now let's, let's move on here and look at the scripture here. We want to keep these images in our head for, well, not for long, just for the moment. You ready? Philippians 1. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. <laughs> I mean, that's beautiful. You see, he's like, y'all ought to be one already because you've received Christ. And now you've got to live like you're not part of this world. Oh, that's what Jesus prayed too, isn't it? He's like, you need to be living your lives like you're a citizen of heaven and conducting yourself, that's your actions, attitudes, the things you do in life in a manner that is worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. That's amazing. I mean, that's God's word. We're not of this world. We are united in Christ, and we're called to live the good news, church. And when we live that way and we see that, we don't see color, we don't see money, we don't see any of that stuff. We're united under one banner. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the way we're supposed to live our lives at all times. And therefore, the followers of Jesus Christ are to be living for that purpose. We're supposed to be living for that standings together in that one spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, because that is what makes us holy, and we're supposed to be united in that way, fighting together. Uh, that's not what it said, is it? We are fighting together, but we forgot there's more to that verse. Yeah, it doesn't just say fight together. It says fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Man, God's good, isn't he? I look at it like, man, Lord, help us to get united. Oh, it's so pitiful that we could have, we need to learn from the Lions fans. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously. We have to learn how to be followers of Jesus Christ, united under one purpose by Lions fans. Dear God, help us. Living it, sharing it, finding the common ground of purpose. Stop looking for what separates us and start looking for what unites us. It is Jesus Christ alone. Listen what it says in 1 Peter 3. The Word of God says this to us. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. You should feel sorry for me as a Lions fan. All right, love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tender-hearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. 
Well, I don't know about you, but I want that. See, if someone in the church offends us, the usual MO of a church person, uh, and by the way, we have lots of opportunities for people to offend us. You know, I mean, all we have to do is walk by each other and we can be offended. We're so easily offended, right? I mean, you know, did you see the way she looked at me? Like, you know, they didn't even know you existed, which is part of the problem in the first place. But you know what I mean? It's like we're so easily offended. You know, and, and if someone has offended you, and we're talking about the church now, please hear this. Like, do you bless them? Or instead, have you talked about them behind their back and insulted them? I mean, we just read in the Word of God that he's like, you should bless them. And we can't even do that in the church. We're not even talking about the world that should always be offending us. (laughs) The Word says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. He will grant you his blessing for the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right and his ears are open to their prayers but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Okay, well, that's a pretty critical statement we just heard. This is one of the reasons that God gave us that statement that we make often, and it's on all of our stuff, on our website, our material, everything we have. We're not a perfect church. We're not a perfect people. We're here because we know we need God's help, and he's provided that help through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the reason why God wants us to use that statement of who we are is so that we will understand what that scripture tells us. Like, we're not all the same. We're not all at the same place in our walk with God. Do you understand that some people have walked with God for many years? And they should be more mature which should reflect a holier life in the eyes of humans. Hear me all the way through now. But God sees us as holy through Jesus Christ. So he views us the same. We don't see each other the same. So someone that's young in their faith, they may not even look like you when you first got saved. But see, they were over here when they got saved. And Jesus lifted them up to this place. Maybe you were blessed to have this life, and so now that you get saved and you're holy, you see yourselves as more holy. Uh-uh. See, God sees us as holy, and we view each other differently, and that's why we say we're not a perfect church or perfect people, so don't look around you and begin to judge where you fit. What matters is where you fit up there and how God views you. And if you look at other people and you start to measure yourself, that's the enemy trying to divide. Don't go there. So because we're at different levels of maturity and different stages of understanding the fullness of the life of the gospel and hearing what God is saying to us, then we should look differently. We should. If the church all looks the same, we have a major problem, right? If all we're doing is getting together because we're the same, 
then there's something wrong unless that sameness is only Jesus Christ, and that's what we're seeing. Keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil with evil. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and lies. Search for peace and work to maintain it. So as you look at that and you listen to what the Word of God just told us, it's like, um, I want you to understand, Southern Church, it's, it requires work to maintain peace in relationships. Kim and I have been married 40 years. We have a, a, a very excellent marriage, and I'm not just saying that we do, but it takes work to have that relationship work. I mean, it's not just going to happen on its own. You've got to work at it. And so when you look at the scripture and it tells us this, it's like work, it requires work to maintain this peace and relationship. So as the body of Christ, it's going to require work for us to be able to be one the way God wants us to be one. It requires me looking past the difference in you. I have to work at loving you. You have to work at loving me. It's all part of it, you know? So it takes no work to have division. None at all. It's easy. I mean, there's people that, I mean, wear cowboys gear in this church like almost every Sunday, right? And so they're like separating themselves from the rest of us. They, so they're here to cause division. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So it's pretty easy to divide, right? I mean, all you got to do is pick a color. And I'm like, I'm this. And then you have people that aren't that. And pretty soon you have division. It's that easy. The enemy's like all over it. So let me tell you something. Like we went to the, to the Tucson Roadrunners hockey game. Hockey's a game that's played on ice with sticks and a little hard circle thing, you know. Anyway... We went to that game the other night. It's the only game I've attended of their season was Friday night. And I love hockey. I played hockey. And, uh, you know, I'm from Hockey Town, in case you don't know that either. Detroit is Hockey Town. The team is the Red Wings. But anyway, we won't talk about that right now. They have won more Stanley Cups than any other franchise in America. All right, I'm saying, well, I digress. Let me go on now. So I'm at this Tucson Roadrunners game, and I know they're an affiliate to the Coyotes. That I know. And I know the Coyotes are the Detroit Lion version of hockey. I know that. All right? It's true if you don't know. Anyway, let's go on. I digress again. We'll try and stay with it. So I'm at that game, and now that I'm there with all of the other Tucson Roadrunners fans, I'm a Tucson Roadrunners fan. And I want them to win. And I'm cheering. And when these two guys start fighting right down there in the glass in front of us, I'm yelling just like everybody else, kill him! <laughs> Knock his teeth out! Yeah! All right? You know, I mean, I didn't want him to die. But I wanted to see a good fight, right? Don't be doing that like hugging around, pulling the jersey, separate, go to the box. No, if you're going to fight, fight. Get on with it, right? Drop the gloves, pull the jersey, have at it, right? So they're doing it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know either one of those guys. I don't even know anything about their life. But I know this. That guy in the Roadrunner's jersey, I wanted him to win. <laughs> I wanted that guy to lose. And that guy might have been the better guy. I mean, you know, personally, he, he may have been even a Christian. I don't know. But I know this. That guy wearing that shirt, I wanted to win. And he did, by the way. 
I wanted him to win the fight. All right. If, I didn't, if he didn't win, I probably wouldn't have told the story. Uh, so anyway, all right, so here's the deal. I left that for the second period, right? I had to leave. All right, it's, it's, it's whatever it is, okay? So we were in the lead when I left. They ended up losing. Um, I should have stayed, I guess. I don't know. I, the, but see, like, like you remember I just said I haven't been to any other games. I don't know where they're at in the standings. I know nothing about them except that I was a fan on Friday night. But I did care if they won or not that night. I did. I wanted to know, did they win that game? Because I was part of that experience. I was part of that. I am one of them. In one visit, that's what I felt. And it's a stupid hockey game. I mean, we're talking about being in the presence of the living God as the body of Christ. And we're like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm on this team. Let's do this. And now we go out in the world, and what happens to us? It's easy to be one of us right here. It's so easy. I mean, we're right here in, in God's house. We're all Christians. We're this kind of Christian, whatever that is. But we're all comfortable with this kind of Christian, or we wouldn't be here. And so when we leave here, see, we all were wearing the same jerseys in this house, CFF. And now we go out in the world. We're walking out amongst cheeseheads, <laughs> bears, Vikings, all that stuff. You know what I mean? We're walking in the middle of all that. And as we're going out there in that, in that, that scene, too many Christians want to pull off their jersey and just blend in. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your good works glorify your Father which is heaven, in heaven. Why? So that the world might know who he is. Please, church, when we look in the word of God, when we, when we leave here today, would you go out representing him? Like, don't, like, blend in. Please stand out. Stand out because you have the joy of the Lord. Stand out because you are a holy people set apart. Stand out because you're a citizen of heaven and not part of this world. Stand out because you know the creator of the universe. Come on, man. Church, we need to stand out. <laughs> I mean, it's like this. That verse said, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers. I want God to hear my prayers. I want him to watch over me. Oh my goodness, if there's anybody watching me, I want it to be God. And I want him to hear me. The whisper of my prayer, God, I want you to hear. And he's like, I'll do that. I'll do that if you're doing right. And then he says, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Well, oh, don't you want God doing the right thing over you? Man, I don't want him turning his face against me. Dude, I mean, I have had a little whooping behind the, 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 the woodshed from him before, and that's not fun. I want God to be looking at me and saying, that's my boy. Yeah, I'm doing right. I'm doing right, Father. Here I am. Yeah, Dad, I got it. Don't worry. I know you're watching. Do you know that he's watching you? He knows what you're doing, how you're doing it, why you're doing it. And then a lot in the church are wondering why God's not answered their prayers. Have you accepted the good news about Jesus Christ, and are you trusting him as your Lord and Savior today? That's my first action step. Are you, church? Is he your Lord and Savior? 
Do you fly under the banner of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone? All right, have you been returning evil for evil, insult for insult, or have you been blessing them? You are going to have an opportunity to bless someone before you leave the parking lot, right? You will. Someone's going to do an offensive thing to you before you leave. That is a prophetic word, okay? All right, what about it? What about it? Man, we need to bless them. What can you do this week to show the unity of the gospel to lost people around you? You know, you're going to have opportunities to say what's wrong with someone else. What's wrong with their church? What's wrong with their faith? What's wrong with this? I mean, can't we look for something to find a united ground about Jesus Christ? Can you look for that? How are you going to work to promote that unity that Jesus prayed for rather than your separation from everyone else? Again, I'm not talking about, you know, in one with churches that don't teach Jesus. No, they're not churches. They're not even the family of God, so I'm not worried about them. There's a lot of churches that believe in Jesus Christ as the one and only Savior of the world, but they do something different than us. So what? We get so hung up on stuff, it's ridiculous, man. Let's look for that unity of the gospel and promote it. Let's let people know who we serve, and it's Jesus. We don't serve him under CFF's banner. We serve Jesus Christ alone. Please remember that. We're not here to promote a church. We're here to promote the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. People need to know Jesus. They don't need to know us. Don't ever forget that. Yes, I tell you to invite someone to church. The reason is I want them to know about Jesus, not so that they know me or us or this building. I hope we move out of here soon. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Would you stand with me? The altar's open. Whatever God's talking to you about, just respond to him. Come on, man. He's called us to this moment. What is the Holy Spirit talking to you about? Would you respond to him today? Would you, church, please, please be obedient to him. He loves you. Thank you. Father God, as we come to the conclusion of the service, Lord, we don't want this to end at amen. We don't, Lord. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you continue to lead, guide, direct, instruct, convict, bless, empower as we go out into the world. Let us bear the gospel (laughs) with pride. No matter what the world says about us, let's live it. Lord, help us to be that light, to glorify you in every way. (laughs) We so desperately need a move of God. Lord, help us to be part of the wave that circles this place that the Spirit of God can move in to awaken people to become part of the Jesus group. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful for you. We want to be part of that family. Lead, guide, and direct us, Lord, we pray. We love you. It's in your holy name. We ask these things, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you to all of you, all of you. Thank you. So blessed to be your pastor and to be part of what God's doing here. Let's believe him for great things moving forward and see what God is doing. 
Whatever your need is, he's there. He is there, and he loves you. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed. Those of you at the altar, just stay. Be with him. Let him minister to your hearts, and God bless you today. Thank you.